Before we begin today's episode, I wanted to share with you all a beautiful review of the podcast. It came in through Apple Podcasts New Zealand from TTC Before Getting Married. Now, this review is titled Review for Children Reincarnation, and this is referring to episode 18 of the podcast, which was one of my mini-sode episodes. They have said, I was absolutely amazed about hearing this. I haven't come across any of these with my two boys. The closest I've come to it was when my oldest rang me up, freaked out when he had come across a picture of me in a book in a library. It was me. I was just a different culture. Thank you so much for taking the time to let me know how this landed for you and how it resonated and especially in specifics to an actual episode. I find that really helpful as well. So thank you to everyone who leaves a review for this podcast. Seriously, brightens up my day and really helps me stay in the charts as well. Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer and eclectic witch and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favourite witches. In today's episode, we're chatting with Don Martin, who often goes by the pseudonym Firelight. He is the host of the Head on Fire podcast and the author of three books, the latest being The Dabbler's Guide to Witchcraft, which came out in September 2021. He is joining us via Zoom all the way from Chicago. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It is so great to have you here. How are you today? I am much colder than you are. Thanks so much for having me. I'm going to live vicariously through your beautiful weather. <laughs> yes, you can um, just live vicariously through all the sweat that you might be seeing in the video. <laughs> it drips into my cup of tea. <laughs> Never sweat, only glowing. Yes. Yes, it's dewy, dewy and <laughs> lovely. It's all the rage these days. Um, now, I wanted to start by getting you to tell us a little bit about the work that you do specifically in the witchy world. Absolutely. So I hosted a podcast. I've hosted a podcast since 2009. Um, and for a very long time, it was called Inciting a Riot, uh, which focused on um, often uncovered topics in and around uh, the pagan community. Um, topics that I felt like, you know, we all sort of, it was the kind of thing that uh, I think as somebody put it, you know, the, the kind of thing like a, an older cousin or something like might take you aside at your first pagan event and say, okay, so here's what's really going on here. <laughs> you know, here here's what everybody's kind of not saying. Um, and I thought, well, you know, if everybody knows these things, but nobody says them out loud, maybe there should be a place where we can say some of the quiet parts out loud. So I created that space uh, with Inciting a Riot, which I ran from uh, 2009 until 2021, when I sort of rebranded because, you know, if anybody can do math, that uh, 2009 to 2021 is a very long time. And I was very, very young when that show came out. Uh, so, you know, just as I grew and as um, my outlook on the world grew, I decided, you know what, I think I... I kind of want to be a seeker again. I don't want to be in the driver's seat as much. I want to be somebody that um, maybe presents themselves as having a few less answers and more interesting questions, uh, which is where Head on Fire came from. Um, it is uh, from one of my favorite quotes, uh, which is to seek illumination like a man with his head on fire seeks water. Just to keep me in the mindset of always being a, a spiritual seeker, to seek uh, answers to life's biggest and smallest questions, because I think that 
um, in that space of, of constant scholarship and of constant learning, I think that's, uh, at least that's the best place for me to be. I think that that's the, the best outlook that we can have to, to stop thinking that we are looking um, uh, to seek answers, but uh, maybe seek, you know, better questions uh, so that we have a, a, a grander, better, more detailed understanding of the world around us and of ourselves. I love that. It's beautiful. And I think it shows a really honest, uh, mature shift that a lot of us do go through because we come in thinking often, I've read, you know, three books. I know what I'm talking about, that sort of a vibe. Or, you know, you see it online where people are like, no, that's not true because I know everything. It's like, no, there are so many different variants. There is so much more we don't know. And it's a really great shift to to sit back and go, no, I'm going to to put my almost like putting your beginner's hat back on again, which I'm reading uh, Thorn Mooney's book at the moment, oh, which is um, I think it's is it the Witch's Path, the Witch's Path. Yep, it's it's amazing. I'm loving it, and I've literally just read a section where she says, you know, if you've been in the craft for a while, to go and put your beginner's hat back on, go and put that on, go and see things fresh and new because otherwise we miss so much of the magic and we're not as open to all of the magic that we are when we start out so I think that's a beautiful progression and it's great for people to see that and for you to set that example as well I think that um you know I, I absolutely zero shade on on anyone I I just I I look and I see so many of the voices that are out right now and I I you know I remember what it was like because I started off as a young you know, hot, takey, spicy, young, early 20-something, you know, 22, 23 years old, thinking, well, I've been studying for a few years, and I've got a college degree, and I know stuff, and I know how to research, and here, let me tell y'all, all y'all are doing wrong. <laughs> and, you know, what I read in a book somewhere. And, you know, the more years that I've put between that person and who I am now, the more that I've realized that perspective is an incredibly valuable it's it's an invaluable thing and that you just simply don't have that at certain ages <laughs> or at least not I didn't I certainly didn't I, I can't speak for other people but uh, I certainly didn't have the proper perspective to be talking about some of the things that I talked about back then or given the hot takes that I gave back then and I think that um, uh, you know I think that our community, generally speaking, could do with a whole lot uh, more asking of better questions and a whole lot less, let me tell you the answer. Um, I think that if we condition people to uh, practice good research methods, to teach people how to learn rather than to tell them what we think the answer is, I think that we'll be creating a much stronger next generation of spiritual seekers, pagan practitioners, magical practitioners, um, because it, it, you know, this path isn't the same for everyone. Your answers are not going to be my answers. Um and and that's okay and that's valid and that's just fine and it take it took me a while to get there um but that's that's what i hope to do with my platform at least is to teach people how to be good seekers uh and that's that's something i couldn't have done at 23 yes as someone who has been also 23 <laughs> i can agree <laughs> those years you it's funny you look back and even I feel like I'm an old person when I say this and I'm really not that old, <laughs> I promise. But you right? look back and you're like, wow, I really thought, I thought I had it all, thought I knew it all. And it gives I you, I guess really that's the wisdom thought... where you go, oh, actually maybe I didn't. 
I did not. <laughs> and same as a teenager. I I've I've got journals and diaries from when I was a teenager. And it is really cringy and horrible to read back on them because I can I can remember how it felt to really feel so damn sure that I knew everything about the world. And so rebellious against my parents for trying to guide me in what I can now see was a very clever and clear thing I should have done. Oh my goodness. But we have to, I mean, I have to learn things the hard way. That's that's how I do it. But well, but the thing is, we should all be allowed that space to learn those things. We should be allowed that space to be cringy and to have very dumb takes and stuff. The problem is that where we are having those learning experiences and where we are putting that uh, poorly researched information that we thought we knew because we read the one article on, on the website with the spinning gifts and all that. And we, you know, we thought we did our, you know is we're putting it online on social media. And because of the way that social media works, you know, suddenly you have a following and people assume because of your follower count that you must know a whole lot of stuff. And you are not, you know, some of these younger folks are not being allowed the grace to learn and to make mistakes and to revel in bad information for a while. And the thing is, I mean... You know that 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 creates this this weird space where we're having to grow. I mean, I I had to do that. I mean, I, you know, I came online and right as social media was evolving, and I had a lot of feet in my mouth. <laughs> I put my mouth foot in my mouth many 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 times because I really thought that I knew what I was talking about. And turns out, I just I didn't have the right perspective. I didn't have enough perspective. I did, I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people. I didn't do enough research into that, or I did the wrong kind of research into that, or I just took an educated guess and it was very wrong. And, you know, I just, I wish that some folks got to learn some of these tougher lessons in private, not necessarily for them, but because whenever you have a social media following of, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. If you're in the midst of your learning and where you are right now is maybe a place of a bit less good information and a bit more I'm still learning, which is totally fine and valid. We're all there. I'm still there. Everybody's there. Um, You're putting out bad information on a very large scale. And it's really hard to sometimes unwind that and to really figure out the impact of that until years later. And it's so much worse now because, you know, the algorithm social media allows you to have a much larger following than ever before. I mean, I think the the largest I ever had was like, you know, 10,000 downloads an episode or something like that. But that's not a million. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. a million people listening to everything I'm saying, and that's that's a big difference. And I I think that I think that uh, we need to be a little bit more cautious about that, and a little bit more graceful if we can. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. And I I do love when people are able, like yourself, to be like, hey, I said some things that were wrong, and mm. I'm growing and I'm learning, and everyone is learning. And if someone reckons mm-hmm. they've got it all, then they've obviously not learned those lessons yet. <laughs> Because absolutely, we always keep learning until our last breath. We're still learning forever and ever. Absolutely, totally agree. Now, you when did you start witchcraft? So you said it was pre oh nine. Did you were you oh yeah raised in it uh, or? 
No, 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 no. Um, no, I was raised in a very staunchly Southern Baptist household. Um, but I did start dabbling with uh, Scott Cunningham's Earth, Air, Fire, and Water. I was in high school, and I remember I was in band class, and I was playing the French horn. Now, I grew up um, a, a very witchy kid. I was always interested in magic and superheroes and and uh, fantasy and all of that. And I remember the very first book that I ever found out that I read and found out that witches were real people. And actually, the first spell that I ever did actually came from this book, uh, which is called Witches, Pumpkins, and Grinning Ghosts, The Story of the Halloween Symbols by Edna Barth. I have no idea to this day um, how my parents read this book and then thought, in all of their Southern conservative Baptist uh, mindset, oh yeah, I'm going to give that to my young child, um, and it's going to be fine because it's just a book about Halloween. Like, baby, let let me, uh, honey, this is what this book was. <laughs> it it was a history of like witches and druids and and and. Ha, you know, Sabbaths and witches' Sabbaths and going and playing with the devil in the forest and, and different kinds of magic that people used to do. I love and that. And I, I was very in love with this book <laughs> as a child. And so my parents, um, like seasonal books, like Christmas books, Halloween books, that kind of thing, they went away with the decoration, those seasonal decorations, and then they came back out. So this book was packed up at the end of October and it came back out, you know, at the beginning of October. And I looked forward to this book so much so that like this past year, I found a, a used library copy online and, and had to order it. But my first real book of witchcraft was Earth, Air, Fire, and Water by Scott Cunningham, which I got uh, in high school. And I turned like my nightstand into an altar. And, you know, my dad was a hunter. So I had like antlers and, you know, did spells and all that stuff. And in there, of course, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s in rural East Texas, when I didn't even have an internet connection, you know, learning anything was just going to the bookstore and reading in the aisles and you know, getting a, a playing card size deck of tarot cards and learning through that and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, then you get in college and you can do a little bit more. But yeah, uh, probably since about 16. So that means about 20 years at this point. How how did your parents feel about an altar and a tiny deck of tarot cards? Oh, uh, so there, there, there were two... <laughs> <laughs> two mindsets. I did try to be sneaky. I did try, but they were also very concerned that I might be uh, what the kids call these days a homosexual. So I didn't get a lot of privacy. Um, so there was a lot of like going through my things for signs of the gay uh, <laughs> and turns out, oh no, they got signs of the witch instead as so yeah, they were like, What's I'm sure this? they thought the sign of the witch is also a sign of the gay, potentially. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's all this devil worship in your bag? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it it was, I think mostly it was a lot of cognitive dissonance of we've seen this. We're going to believe whatever comes out of his mouth about it because we don't want to address it right now because we're more worried about the gay. Mm -hmm. So that... That the gay card got me out of the witch card, I guess. So that's something. The home, wow. the homophobia trumped the the religious zealotry, I guess. 
Yep, yep. I, I too was raised in a, uh, it was a very strict Pentecostal upbringing, mm. which was fun. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Evangelical Christian. Um, still deconstructing that one. <laughs> mm. Did you know you can book a chakra checkup with yours truly, Hannah, the Suburban Witch? This is a little report that can make a lot of difference in your life. This service helps to put you back in the driver's seat and steer away from feeling stuck or blocked and head straight towards alignment and ease. You can see all of our five-star reviews over on Facebook, Google, or even our testimonials page on the website. Simply head to suburbanwitchery.com to book yours now. So that's how you found your way into witchcraft. I did. Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. And now you you recently wrote your book, your most recent book, using your pseudonym, which was Firelight. Where did you find that name? Was that a magical name that you took on in your teens or where did it sort of go from there? Oh, so that was... Firelight was a name that I made up using an online quiz that was like, take your name and then take the letters from your name and then it adds up. And then like you do, it was back when we were all trying to do what my friends and I called Technicolor Sparrow Bear names, which were just silver Ravenwolf, silver Technicolor, you know, and then you you had to have a color and then like two animals. And that was like, you know, cause everybody wanted to be silver Ravenwolf. Um, and so I, you know, anyways, somehow like there was a name, like something firelight. And then I don't remember anyways, it all added up to the same number. It, it was some dumb online quiz thing. And that's what I used when I started my blog for a little bit of anonymity, because I worked in local government at the time. Um, I worked uh, as a corrections officer and that just really wasn't, I just really didn't want to be Googled. <laughs> just really, you know, really didn't want to be Googled. I was under, um, I've worked in a few industries at this point where, uh, I, my, um, online life was very strictly governed and I only just this past summer got out of that, um, uh, out, out of, out of the line of, of fire of having any kind of online life is a bad, bad thing, uh, which is good. Um, uh, but yeah, so it, it became the name on my blog and I never thought anybody was ever going to read anything I ever put on the internet. And then I started a podcast and I thought nobody's ever going to listen to a single thing I say on the internet. And then I signed a book deal with Simon and Schuster and it came down to the contract and they asked me, you know, what name are we putting on the cover? And I thought, oh, fuck what name are we putting on the cover? Because it's my first book with a big five publisher and that's a big deal. And I would certainly like my name on it, but I mean, nobody knows who that is. <laughs> it's such a dilemma. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously I left my pseudonym on there and then I continued to, to, you know, do it because I, I got the book deal in 2020 and the book came out in 2021. So obviously, you know, uh, saw it all the way through. And, and in retrospect, I'm kind of glad that Firelight has his name on it because for many years, I've always thought of Firelight kind of as a, a persona that I took on. He's a lot more pointed than I am. It's funny because friends of mine, um, or people that have become friends of mine over the years in the podcaster, uh, you know, online witchy influencer space um, are like, oh, I can see when you become him. Like when I, 
I, I can like your face changes when you become him. Like he's almost like another personality or another persona. Um, so I, 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 uh, I like that he got the credit for that book because it is very much the culmination of everything that Firelight did on Inciting a Riot for you know, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. So it's right that he gets the credit for that. But I'm just glad that everything moving forward is my name on it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And there is so much power in a name. So much. There is a lot of power in a name. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's not only the the numerology that goes along with it, Mm -hmm. but there's, yeah, there is just, there's power there. And that's why people do have things like magical names or names and all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And, and the funny thing is, I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't quite realize almost everyone that they could probably name in the witchy space. Most, most folks are using at least some form of pseudonym. Thorn Mooney is using a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. Temperance Alden uses a pseudonym. Uh, I mean, most, most people out there do, at least in part. And, you know, there's for a lot of reasons, personal protection, people simply don't want to be Googled. They don't want their personal lives and their professional lives overlapping. But also there is, I mean, getting to exist in the magical world sort of as that magical persona allows a freedom of uh, a freedom to dabble, <laughs> um, to, to dabble in spaces that sometimes you don't let your mundane self uh, experience. Sometimes you can let firelight go a little further than you would. He can go, uh, you know, he can touch spaces that maybe you're a little afraid to touch, or he can, you know, discuss things that maybe you're personally a little weirded out by. And he's not, and it's okay. And that's great because, you know, he'll take me along for the ride. It's beautiful. And you have changed your podcast to Head on Fire. Mm-hmm. What is the fascination with fire there? We've got Firelight, Head on Fire. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess any astrologer would tell you, well, his big three are all the, the fire signs. So that's probably a thing. My favorite superhero is Jean Grey, who's very famously the Phoenix, uh, which is a giant you know, cosmic firebird. Um, I don't know. That seeped into me from a very, very young age. And I don't know why, um, but it's, I guess it's just been my element of choice forever and ever and ever. And I do like, after I changed the name to Head on Fire, a couple of weeks later, I noticed, uh, and uh, I think a friend texted me and was like, you know, you just changed the name of your podcast to Hia Dawn Fire. <laughs> So Dawn and Fire together forever in the name. (laughs) And I was like, I did not notice that I did that, but thank you. So yeah. Be a Dawn Fire. Be a Dawn Fire. (laughs) That's great. And so earlier when you were showing us that that pumpkin Halloween book, the picture that you opened up to was a lot of like flames and it's all very red. So maybe that was a a nice early influence. Oh yeah, for sure. You should... 100% 100% pick this book up because I mean, I'm gonna be real honest, they play fast and loose with some history in here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's pretty, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, you know, fifth grade primer on kind of how we got most of the modern witchy stuff. And I was like, wow, that's looking back on it now, that's uh, okay. That's yeah, pro- seeped in there from a very early age. <laughs> You've just reminded me of something I wanted to say earlier. Yay! <laughs> Which was uh, when you were talking about you understood through that book that witches were mm-hmm. real from a young mm-hmm. age. 
I too was told from a very young age with my Pentecostal Christian parents that witches, like my mum would like take me aside and be like, witches are real. There are real people Mm -hmm. out there and they will use their magic on you. And the devil is talking to them in their ear and the magic that they do is real. It's part of the temptation of it. That's what Satan wants. Those sorts Mm -hmm. of things were ingrained from a very young age, Yeah, which I think is almost scarier than if you're told, oh no, witches aren't real. And then finding out that they're real, if you know what I mean. Because I'd come into it with so much fear and misinformation around what witchcraft was. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And I I always love sort of the the weird dichotomy of like, uh, because I got the same thing. You know, there's people out there, they practice witchcraft. Their witchcraft is real. It comes from the devil and this and that and the other. But also like, when when news stories come up of the of of you know witches and and that kind of thing like hearing my mom or dad be like oh, that magic isn't real or that they they cast all the spells on me they want that's not anything like okay well which is it <laughs> either they are terrifying creatures of devil magic or they're just idiots playing in a field but it's not it's not both it's not both you can't have it both ways which look a lot of christianity they like to have things both ways very right in some ways it's not both it's either it's real or it's not it's not it can't sometimes be real do you remember the first time you encountered another witch in the wild like you met your yes 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 i do um and she is the reason that i met my husband Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. And actually, I talk about it in the book. Um, very good segue. Uh, I, there's a line in the book that I think I say something like, you know, never underestimate the power of, of random witches and coffee shops. So that random witch is named Beth. And she ended up becoming one of my dearest, dearest friends in the entire world. She and her husband and a child I've never actually met in real life because that's how long we've been living in Chicago. Um, but uh, she, I met her at a coffee shop a couple years into college and she was much further along on her path. She's the one that taught me to read tarot. Um and, you know, she introduced me to a much wider world, you know, all of her friends and then the local pagan community in East Texas. And, uh, oh, yeah. And if not for her, my life would have been a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I very much remember. I remember the table that I was sitting at. And I, I again, I say in the book, like I can trace most of the things that have happened to my life to one single table at a Starbucks in East Texas. And that is very true. The, the night that I sat down at, you know, and interacted with her. And I mean, we just talked for hours, like we'd known each other forever and we are still very, very dear friends. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I vividly remember that. That's wonderful. I, I have a very vivid memory of my first encounter with a real witch as well. Uh, not quite as Ah, what's the word? Lovely as yours sounds. (laughs) He was lovely, but it was, so I was working in Louisiana, rural Louisiana. Yes. (laughs) I was working on a goat dairy farm uh, down there, which was so much fun. And so I was living in this, so it was a hundred year old um, house, like this beautiful old farmhouse. And I was in a trailer, which for those in Australia, caravan, out the back and it was it was quite far from the house as well and it was surrounded 
by, I mean, there was a goat paddock, but then it was surrounded by cornfields, which if you've ever seen the movie Signs, it reminded me of that. And it was a little creepy because cornfields are kind of creepy, especially at night. I live in the middle of one. Yeah, (laughs) a little creepy, but you know, that's fine. And I had actually, I, I landed in New Orleans and had my very first tarot reading ever, which was terrifying in itself. And I had to be like, I was traveling by myself. So I was like, no one will know. I can go and do it, right? What took you to Louisiana of all places? I'm obsessed. I don't know why. I've had this fascination since I was a young kid. And I there's past life stuff there for sure. Absolutely. Because I feel like I'm home as soon as I land there. Like, love it, love it, love it. I've been a couple of times now and I can't wait to go back. But you worked there? I worked there, yeah. I purposely- How long did you- traveled so I I went and worked in Canada for two years and met my husband there and then went and traveled through Florida Louisiana and Texas I worked in Texas as well in a tiny little town named Dale if you've ever heard of Dale it's a couple of I think it's an hour and a half two hours out of Austin I know that you're I know that you lived in Texas because you told me in time Texas is one of those weird places where they're like, oh, it's 45 minutes down the road. How many miles is that? I have no idea, but it's going to take you 45 yeah. minutes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so an hour and a half to two hours um, in a place called Dale. I think it was a town of 50. Like it was tiny. Yet it yeah, had we three have, churches. That beats my town. We had 585 people and nine Baptist churches. Yeah. Yeah. It was nine. Crazy. It was <laughs> quite eye-opening, but I digress. So I'm in Louisiana. So I've had that first ever tarot reading and terrified, but nothing scary happened. It was fine. I went and did some cemetery tours because I'm a massive Anne Rice fan. So I had to go and see where, you know, a lot of those were set and a lot of uh, the, the movie was set and things like that from Interview with the Vampire. And then I went to this, this farm that I was going to be working on for, it's, um, it's called a Wolf Experience. So W-W-O-O-F, Wolfing. Hmm. Um, willing workers on organic farms and so it was a way to bypass the uh visa laws I guess for working there um for Australians because we don't have that sort of agreement I could go and do that in Canada but the states is a little different and so yeah I was there for a couple of months and loving it but the first week I arrived I'm in this little trailer and I experienced my first ever sleep paralysis alone in this trailer and it was petrifying yeah terrifying and I hadn't long literally petrifying (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't long been out of the church either so I'd just sort of been deconstructing anyway I just you know had my first ever tarot reading and suddenly I've got this sleep paralysis and I woke up and I could and different to what other people describe where they feel a weight on their chest I didn't have that Mm -hmm. I felt someone's hands on my wrists holding Mm -hmm. me down I could lift my head up but I couldn't move my arms and it was like I was just absolutely terrified yeah. And I started praying instantly, yeah. like just straight yeah. back into the name of Jesus. We'll you know, sure. tell you to leave all of that. And that worked. And so then I straight away put on my Christian music, turned on the lights. And that's how I tried sure. to sleep. The next night um, I saw something sit on the bed, on the edge of the bed as I was trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. So straight back into praying and all of the same things again. And then I ended up saying, I didn't want to say anything to the people that that owned the farm uh they were they were a bit older but their granddaughter lived with them and she was a year or two younger than me so I went over and I, I said hey you know um I was so embarrassed as well I was like I'm gonna sound like an absolute lunatic and I went up and said um hey you know has anyone ever said anything about the trailer before and she just looked at me and went oh, what did you bring back from New Orleans and I was like oh, you, you believe me? 
oh, thank God. And she's like, yeah, I got a ghost in the house. He's a bit of a drunk, but he's fine. You know, there's civil war battlegrounds around here. There's all sorts of stuff, but no one's ever mentioned the trailer before. So you've brought something with you. So my brain's gone. Oh my God, the tarot reading, right? Wrong, wrong, everyone. <laughs> but then she said, I've, I've got a friend he can come and help. So she calls her friend over who's a witch. And I was like, okay, this is a re- like a real witch. They think they're a witch. That was the sort of vibe I went she said yeah absolutely and he came in and he um he did some divination he used a pendulum and he's like yeah there's definitely something here um it's not usually here it's it's attached to you but I can definitely cleanse the space and put some wards up and I was like I have no idea what you're talking about but just do what you're going to do right so he did that and that night I didn't have any occurrences inside the trailer but I could hear scratching on the roof and I'm going it's the trees in the wind it's just the trees in the wind and of course, when I left in the morning, I've tentatively turned around, <laughs> looked up at the trailer. I was like, oh, there's no trees. There's no trees close enough. So it it was like a full-blown paranormal experience that I had sure. there. But what he did obviously worked and I felt more protected and more safe. And I was like, oh, that's intriguing. And then when I ended up, I went back to New Orleans for a weekend and I walked into a shop called Voodoo Authentica and went and chatted with one of the practitioners there. And I just said like, hey, I've experienced some stuff, uh, what's going on? And I also was asking, I wanted to go see Marie Laveau's grave and you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed. A lot of people draw on the grave, that's not okay, don't do that. And so we're just talking about what had happened and he basically said, look, from what I can feel and what it sounds like, you brought something from the cemetery. You're a little bit more open, they can sense that and they've just like something's grabbed onto you. And he said, when you go to a cemetery, make sure you always walk in backwards, leave an offering at the gate of you know, a couple of pennies, uh, go and go directly to wherever you're going to visit, leave an offering for that spirit as well. And then when you walk out, walk backwards. So you never came and you never left. And I was like, that sounds very good. So I went and visited that cemetery to see Marie Laveau back when it was open. I think they've actually shut it now. Walked in backwards. Everyone was like, what is this girl doing? (laughs) As I throw coins there and I was like, I'm not, I don't care what you think. I'm doing this. And I didn't have anything else happen after that. So I think that was sort of my introduction to this is all real and seeing the very real results and how I felt safer as well. So. Oh yeah. I, I remember (laughs) learning a lot of lessons about how to appropriately interact with the cemetery because there was one out my backyard growing up. Um, and there's actually one right here as well, uh, where I live now. Um, but yeah, I grew up with a, with a very old, uh, dating back to, uh, mid, mid 1800s, uh, cemetery that was just right, uh, right on the other side of my backyard, <laughs> big old cemetery, active cemetery actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, a lot of experiences early on in childhood, but it's funny, the advice that like your parents give you but also witchcraft is bad. So yeah. it's just interesting, like how to treat a graveyard and what to do and like how to be respectful around graves and yada, yada. Like, oh, the reason you had that bad nightmare is because you you know walked over a grave or you did this or that or the other. Here's what you need to do next time. And it's like, okay, mom. <laughs> oh, I love that. See, we had no, like, we never went to cemeteries or anything. I have one memory after my grandfather died of visiting the grave and that was it because my parents were like, he's not there. He's in heaven. Why would we go to the grave? I was like, well, why do we have them then? <laughs> what are they there for? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good question. 
So I'm going to read an excerpt of your book from your publisher's sales page because oh my, I really love it. I really love it. So it says, if you've ever wanted to burn your ex's old stuff in a trash can while drinking wine with your friends and reading tarot cards under the light of the full moon, you already know that magic is an essential part of our human existence. But what is magic anyway? And a witch is real. Where do I start if I want to build a deeper, more personal magical practice? I mean, can I just make shit up? <laughs> That's like absolutely incredible. Um, it is the essence of what I've known you to be in terms of your social media presence and your podcast and everything like that as well. It's got a very unique voice, which we I think is often missing from a lot of books these days. It's unique. It's fun. It's witty. It's real. I like that. Uh, so what was your intended audience with this book? Who were you writing for? Um, <clears throat> new and old practitioners alike, but mostly uh, I think that I wanted a book for, uh, so this is a lot of statistics and it's very boring to a lot of people. So if you are not a numbers person, just skip ahead about 90 seconds. Um, so here in the States, we have, uh, the Pew Research Forum, which is just a great organization that does all sorts of sort of statistical analyses, just research, uh, on lots of different things. One of which, um, is religion. Uh, and the religious makeup of our country and the world around us. Uh, and um, a lot of people, whenever they think of like, oh, you know, what are the top 10 religious groups in the in the country? Uh, okay, well, Christianity is number one. And then it's, okay, maybe it's uh, Judaism and then this and that and the other. And it's all the isms, right? Well, what a lot of people forget is that the second largest religious group is actually atheist agnostic and people that consider themselves spiritual, but not religious. And in that group of sort of non-religious people, um, the largest of them are people that consider themselves spiritual, but not religious. And the reasons why these people say that they're spiritual, but not religious is because they grew up in a, uh, a, a specific religious household and they left, they are seeking a path that is unique unique to them. Um, they are looking for a version of spirituality that is inclusive of the kinds of conversations they're having in their daily life. They're looking for um, a spiritual community that is inclusive of trans people, queer people, um, of, uh, you, you know, racially inclusive, um, economically diverse, you know, that kind of thing. And I, so many of those people at least pass through our community um, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I mean, you know, the new age community, the wellness community, the pagan community, the witchcraft community, the occult community, they all intersect. And usually along someone's spiritual but not religious journey, they at least pass through some of those uh, communities. But the thing is these same people are saying they want a spiritual life but they want a spiritual life that doesn't come at the cost of their reason, their rationale, their um, sense of good research of, of uh, claims that are founded in information rather than, uh, you know, just somebody saying, well, that's just the way things are, uh, reason rather than just tradition. So I wrote the book for those people to say that no matter why you're coming here, there's something here for you. Um, you. There is a version of uh, magical spirituality that doesn't require you to um, 
to check out <laughs> that doesn't require you to, to take things on faith. You can still use all of those good research skills. Um, you do not have to check your uh, appreciation of science at the door in favor of spirituality. Those worlds can intersect and overlap. Um, you can be a, a rational person and still go out and burn things in a trash can. You can go and, and uh, you know, call the corners. You can, um, you know, do all the magic that you want to do and realize that it's just a part of the world around you and a part of uh, the birthright that all of us have as humans, as, as eminently magical beings on this earth. So I, I wrote the book for, for those folks, for, mm -hmm. for those that are a little bit skeptical, but still want to see what magic awaits them out in the world. Yeah, that's a beautiful description. And I keep thinking of my husband, he would actually potentially really like that. What's interesting and what was really important to me is that when it came time to ask people to endorse the book, um, I certainly went to a lot of uh, people in and around the magical community that I very much respect, but I also went outside of that um, mm -hmm. because I did want the book to be a value, even to people that don't necessarily, that could read the book and, and research the community and come away with it and say, you know what, that's not for me, but this is still a good resource for anybody who's curious. So like um, there's an endorsement and it actually is on the cover from Ross Blotcher of the podcast, Oh No, Ross and Carrie, which is a podcast. skeptic. I love that podcast and I've, I've known them for many years and they were really actually quite happy to endorse the book because they were like, no, this doesn't require you to leave, you know, your, your scientific background at the door. You don't have to trade in your, um, uh, you don't have to uh, take off one hat to, to put on your pointy witch hat. You, you can be all things at the same time. And it's like, well, while this does, isn't necessarily for me, this is still a good resource for anybody who's curious. And that, that was really important to me that it wasn't just because I feel like, and I'm, I'm so sorry if this feels like shade and I promise it's not, but I just do feel like we have a tendency in pagan publishing and it, because publishing is a business, we publish what sells and what sells is what people are already comfortable reading. And what are people already comfortable reading? 40 or 50 pages of rehashed theory and 150 pages of spells. Yeah. And that's, that's the format and it works and it sells. And you, and if you like that, there's going to be 50 more books published this year, a hundred more books published this year from every publisher out there publishing witchy books that are that formula right there. And, and that's great. And that's good. And there's a place for those on shelves, but I was hoping for something else mm -hmm. to be offered out there for, for the new, for the experience, for the skeptical practitioner. I wanted them to, um, you know, maybe, uh, I thought of my book, not necessarily to echo what I was talking about earlier, to not necessarily be a place that, that tried to give a bunch of answers to new practitioners, but rather I wanted to teach them how to ask better questions so that they were more prepared to read those other books, um, to maybe red flag some things that, that, Hey, this, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense or, Hey, this is a claim that there's really no, where's the source for this? Where is this coming from? Why is this in here? This doesn't seem to fit. Um, and then to be able to, to recognize bad research, but to also recognize good research and to be able to discern, Hey, this person knows what they're talking about. Maybe I should like dig in. And you know what, if I really liked this book, here's how I can use this book to springboard to my next 10 books. 
you know, maybe I need to go listen to that to a podcast where this author is interviewed. I like what they're saying here and to springboard into good research as well. So that's, that's one of the things that I wanted to accomplish with the book is, is to teach that discernment that I think mm -hmm. is missing sometimes. I, yeah. As you were talking, I've literally, I've noted down on my little notepad next to me discernment because I want to chat about that because it is something that is skipped over in a lot of books uh, and a lot of content. I noticed that there is more of a emphasis on it recently. And I especially prompted, I think, by a lot of the scams on Instagram, TikTok, and that sort of thing, teaching people discernment, like, hey, you know, reputable people are not going to DM you first. We don't say grand rising beloved. We're not going to um, post all of our content Wait, but, one day. But five people claiming they were you told me that today. Are you telling them I should not have given them a thousand dollars? Wow. <laughs> Okay. I feel so, like yeah. you're calling me dumb there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've noticed that people are becoming more discerning of it, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, also critical thinking around it. And I love what you said about people making claims that they, they can't back up. I recently read a book, which I will be writing a review for soon. I think I have to be a little cautious around my wording with it because there are a lot of claims made in there. Uh, things like that the triple moon goddess is over 9,000 years old. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. I went into my, pulled up the, my shirt, put it over my head and stuck my head in the sand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I reached out to the author and I said, hey, I'd love to read where you've picked up on this. And their response was, if you look, you will find the answers. And I was like, no, but I'm curious where you got that information from. You can see it in all, it's nothing specific. You can just see it through history. And I was like, so for me that's a big red flag and I like that you know this day and age we can reach out to an author and say hey I'm curious where you got that information from because you know sometimes I might just say that's my personal gnosis and that's fine and that's probably what she should have said um but it wasn't clear in the book in the book she made it sound like that's fact and that's what's been found and it's just sort of been covered up by history and no one wants to tell you about it it was very I, I I tell you, those Margaret Murray theories, even mm -hmm. though they have been debunked over and over and over and over again, they are just in there. They are just embedded in so much writing. The witch cult of Western Europe, it's yeah. just in there, man. It's in, it's in our words. And even that what you bring up a really good point because it allows me to springboard. The thing is, there's people seem to have this view that if it made it into a book that was published by a publisher, that someone somewhere fact-checked it. And that is not true. And it's not true, not just of witchy books, but of nonfiction books, generally speaking. It is not common for books, for nonfiction books to be fact-checked. Most publishers do not have the resources for it. Most editors will not ask for it. Um, most authors don't want it uh, because they just want to say what they said. And, you know, if the comment sections out on a review thing, trash it, okay, well, then the chips will fall where they may. Um, I am very blessed that I did get uh, published by a large enough publisher. And one of the conversations that I had was, you know, I did want a very thorough vetting of the book and I was grateful uh, for that. But, um, and, and I think it made the book a lot stronger because my resources section suddenly had to grow quite a lot. You know, all of my footnotes throughout had to, you know, get doubled and tripled. But that's the thing is I, I think that most people think that books are fact-checked and they are not. So mm -hmm. most of the witchy books out there could just say just about whatever they want and 
And none of the publishers are going to stop them from saying that. And we knew, I mean, we knew in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, that the witch cult stuff was not true. The burning times myths and stuff, those were just myths. They are not backed up by fact. They are not backed up by history. Nine million women did not burn at the stake. This is not true. This is not historically accurate. And yet we still have major pagan publishers putting that in books up to just a few years ago. I have no idea if it's still uh, out there in the last couple of years. Because well, that, um, that statistic, that 9 million women burned, yeah. that was in this book and this book just came out. I cannot. I, was, I cannot. I just, Although, I, I mean, did look up the publisher and it wasn't a publisher I could find anywhere. So that was it's probably self-published then or a, a self-publishing imprint or something. Maybe. Cause you can, you can Maybe. pay like 90 bucks or like a hundred bucks or something to like get yourself an LLC, like an imprint. Yeah, uh, so that's the, th- so people will say like, Oh, I'm Ursula Moondragon books or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just making up a name. Um, and it's really just them but it looks better than just saying it's independently published. I don't know why I independently published my first two books. They're yeah. just fine. And I'm now published by Simon and Schuster. So it's okay. You can do also, it to the kids. <laughs> I, I do love that you kind of looked off into the distance and said Ursula and Moon books. Do you please tell me you have a picture of like Ursula and a, oh, Ursula dragon. Do you have an Ursula dragon picture on your wall? I, I ma'am, ma'am, my whole wall over there uh, are, um, that's all of my <laughs> nerd crap. Um, so I just looked at a statue of Ursula, like from the Little Mermaid, yep. and next to it is the Discord dragon from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. So, oh my yes. gosh, I love My Little Pony. My daughter watches it, but truly, I I think I watch it more. I'm like, you want to watch My Little yeah. Pony? And she's like, no, yeah. not today. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Did you just watch the movie? The that new just one? Came out? Yeah. It's fantastic. What a fantastic movie. I know. I listen. Vanessa Hudgens is not given enough credit for how talented she is. Is all I'm saying. The 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 songs, the animation, yep. the storyline, yep. loved it. James loved it. Marsden. James Marsden should be way more famous than he is. He should be given a lot more work. Um. Yeah. I just. Yeah. 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 We'll but but to me, Discord time. is the best. Discord is the best. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if that's where they took the Discord server in like name from. <laughs> don't know maybe maybe the uh maybe the cr- the creator was a brony yeah <laughs> i kind of hope so i think that's hilarious <laughs> all right and lastly so what is i guess your number one advice to anyone who is wanting to dabble in witchcraft Ooh, uh read my book no okay <laughs> i feel like that's it that has to be the obligatory first answer right <laughs> yeah. um don't afraid to su- don't don't be afraid to suck at it mm-hmm. uh there's a part that i talk about in the book that is just like okay let's pause for a moment and let us just acknowledge that this looks funny okay this looks funny we're wearing weird things we're doing shit under the full moon like we're saying funny words we're putting shit in pots and we're boiling it or lighting on fire or something this is an inherently funny thing. It's odd. It's weird. Embrace that. Embrace the weird. Get weird with it and allow yourself to go on that journey. And you know what? If at the end of it, this doesn't ring a bell, you know, this doesn't ring true to you and this doesn't ring true to you, you know, you, but that weird thing that I did over there, that, that did something for me. I'm going to go do more of that. 
just just get weird with it embrace all the weird it is there is no reason to limit yourself at all and there's no reason that you can't still be a rational person going off and being weird in the woods somewhere uh and if you don't have woods you know you you uh the next thing that i would say is you don't need to buy a goddamn thing to practice magic not a freaking thing. I'm sorry. I'm cussing a lot on your show and I don't normally do that. And I don't know why I'm doing it. So it's maybe fine. it's, it's you're the Australian is pulling it out of me, I guess that's, I've decided that that's what it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of books that, that make you feel, and a lot of, you know, social media that makes you feel like you need certain types of candles and certain types of herbs and certain types of all sorts of things. And the thing is, I mean, my gosh, if there's a big audience in Australia listening to this, there's going to be a lot of plants that y'all don't have. I'm probably going to be pretty expensive if you try to get them in and, you know, go work with what you have in your backyard, go work with what you can access. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you have access to, uh, to dirt somewhere, you can go be a witch. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's no requirement of buying a bunch of accoutrement. Mm-hmm. I'd even say you don't even need the dirt if you know, <laughs> there maybe, you go. Someone's, maybe someone's in a prison cell somewhere and they're like, I don't have access to dirt. You can still do witchcraft. And I've talked to, I've, I've, I've worked in um, uh, the prison system. I know uh, Siri Vincent Pluff of uh, uh, Northern, she, uh, uh, the, the uh, name is Northern Lights Witch. And I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the podcast right now. And that's a bad of me because I was a guest on their podcast last year. Um, whoopsie, sorry. Go Google Siri Vincent Pluff and, and they do a great podcast, um, but uh, uh, they work in, in um, the prison system and there's a wonderful uh, pagan prison um, outreach program uh, mm-hmm. that they're a part of. So um, yeah, I mean, hundred percent, there are plenty of situations and spaces in which you don't have certain tools and that doesn't mean you still can't practice. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, it's been absolutely lovely having you here on the podcast today, Don. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. You have so much wisdom to share. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone else is going to take away a lot from this as well. And can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yes. uh, My podcast is called Head on Fire. You can find it everywhere. Fine podcasts are downloaded. And the next of the fine podcast is mine which is just okay. It's okay. But, (laughs) um, and I am on most forms of social media, uh, at head on fire pod, um, H E A D O N F I R E P O D. I don't know why I'm spelling it, but I always used to spell firelight. So I feel like I should do that as well. (laughs) There's more letters in this one. (laughs) Yeah, there's a whole lot more. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and, and I've got a YouTube channel. It pretty much just puts up my uh, podcast interviews, but if you want to watch an interview instead of listen to one, there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, most forms of social media at head on fire pod, come, come chat with me. Now, uh, to anyone listening, if you would like to book in with me for a tarot or astrology reading you can do so at suburbanwitchery.com you'll also find me as suburban witchery on instagram facebook tiktok twitter and youtube and we do also have a podcast specific instagram account which is simply witch talks podcast now make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode and i'd love it love it love it if you left us a review on apple podcasts it really really it makes my day and it really helps the podcast get out there even further so i can continue doing what i love to do with all of you guys as always i hope you have a lovely day wherever you are in the world today and thank you so much for listening <laughs>